so we're we're excited again. We just love talking about Jesus and all that he is and all that he does. And we're focusing today on that precious, precious story that we read in the Gospels where Jairus, who's the ruler of a synagogue, comes to Jesus uh, because his daughter is perilously poorly. And then Jesus travels to go and see her. He's interrupted by a woman uh, who has an issue with blood. He sorts her out, releasing life again, life again, life again, and finally gets to Jairus's house. And we're going to pick up a bit of that story now. So um, I think we're going to watch something that's going to help us connect with the scripture on this. Yeah. A little girl and a poor, frail lady. There was once a little girl who didn't get out of bed one morning, or the next, or the next. In fact, she didn't get out of bed for a whole month. She was very sick, and no one knew how to make her better. Jairus was her daddy, and he loved her. One day, he was sitting by her bed, holding her hand, wishing there was something he could... I know, he said. He jumped to his feet, put on his coat, kissed his daughter, ran down the step, step, steps, past the servants, out of the house, through the gates, along the road, into the town, up the step, step, steps, and into the temple. He fought his way through all the people until at last he found who he was looking for. Jesus, he said, falling at Jesus' feet. My daughter, he pleaded, please, but he didn't need to beg, because before he'd even finished speaking, Jesus reached out his hand and helped him up. I'll come at once, Jesus said. Jairus's eyes filled with tears. Jesus was coming. It would be all right. In those days, of course, they didn't have ambulances, so they had to go by foot. Jesus' helpers knew that he would heal the sick girl, but they must hurry. If Jesus didn't get there soon, it would be too late. But everyone was in the way, hustling and bustling, jostling and pressing, pushing and shoving, squishing and squashing. The disciples ran ahead, forcing back the crowd. Suddenly, Jesus stopped. His friends looked back. What was he doing? Who touched me? Jesus asked, because he felt power go out of him. Me, said a frail lady, looking down at the ground because she was ashamed. The poor lady had been sick for twelve years, and she had to get well. She knew if she only touched Jesus' coat, she would be healed. So she touched his coat, and instantly she was well. We don't have time, Jesus' friends said. But Jesus always had time. He reached out his hands and gently lifted her head. He looked into her eyes and smiled. You believed, he said, wiping a tear from her eye. And now you are well. Just then, Jairus's servant rushed up to Jairus. It's, it's too late, he said breathlessly. Your daughter is dead. 
Jesus turned to Jairus. It's not too late, Jesus said. Trust me. At Jairus' house, everyone was crying. But Jesus said, I'm going to wake her up. Everyone laughed at him because they knew she was dead. Jesus walked into the little girl's bedroom, and there, lying in the corner, in the shadows, was the still little figure. Jesus sat on the bed and took her pale hand. Honey, he said, it's time to get up. And he reached down into death and gently brought the little girl back to life. The little girl woke up, rubbed her eyes as if she'd just had a good night's sleep and leapt out of bed. Jesus threw open the shutters and sunlight flooded the dark room. Hungry? Jesus asked. She nodded. Jesus called to her family. Bring this little girl some breakfast. Jesus helped and healed many people like this. He made blind people see. He made deaf people hear. People walk. Jesus was making the sad things come untrue. He was mending God's broken world. It's a great, great story. Um, sure, I'm sure it's one that you've all heard lots of times before, um, but it's brilliant. And I want to just unpack it a little bit and bring out three things that I think we can learn as we go into the new year. So um, with my kids' work a hat on um, in, in the style of Sesame Street, today's uh, mini preach is brought to you by... Oh, you can't see that. The African Impala, some foam squares, and some cheesy jokes. So the first thing I think that Jesus uh, wants us to learn from this story of uh, Jairus's daughter is he wants us to be full of faith. So here we go. I've even printed some out so we can see it as well. Jesus asks us to be full of faith. Um, and now... We read in the story, don't we, that, uh, that Jairus, he went to see Jesus when his daughter was still poorly. She hadn't died yet. She was still poorly. Uh, and he knew that Jesus could heal his daughter. But if you notice later on, uh, because Jesus gets held up with this other healing, by the time he arrives at the house, the daughter is dead. And at that point, he is ridiculed. And they don't believe that he can heal the daughter because she's dead. They say it's too late. See, they needed to take a leap of faith. They needed to be full of faith. Now, the African impala is a, a mighty uh, creature. And did you know some, here's some fun facts about it, that it can leap at a height of about 10 feet and it can leap. Um, the distance it can go is about 30 feet. That's quite incredible. But what's even more incredible is that you can trap an African impala, you can uh, keep it in an enclosure in a zoo with a wall that's only about three feet high. And that's because the impala will not jump and will not leap to where it can't see where it's going to land. And so it can't see over that three foot wall that's in front of it. Three foot's not very high. It can't leap over it because it can't see where its feet are going to land on the other side. Uh, and 
I think what we need to ask ourselves from this is what flimsy three foot walls do we have around us that are stopping us from taking a leap of faith? You see, the people surrounding um, Jairus didn't take that leap of faith. Uh, in Mark, the stories in Mark 5, verse 35 says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? They didn't take that leap of faith. How much faith do we have? I know when I pray for people, um, I often doubt whether I have the faith that Jesus is going to heal them or not. You know, if I'm praying for, um, you know, maybe a, a headache or, a, you know, a, a bruised hand um, or maybe someone's got a cold, maybe I've got faith then. But do I have faith to believe that I can raise someone from the dead? Can I heal cancer in someone? Will God really do that through my prayers? What faith do I have? Jesus is calling us to be filled with faith that can move mountains. You see, Jesus says in the next verse, verse 36, it says overhearing. And then in brackets in my Bible, it says ignoring, which I think is brilliant. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. If you want to see revival, friends, if you want to see 2033 and the streets of our parish and neighbourhoods turn to Jesus, we need to believe that God can do and will do what he promises. That he is actually capable of mending the broken, freeing the addicted, healing the sick and raising the dead. Let's say that collectively in 2022, there will not be a year of living in fear, but we will pursue God and grow in faith. And why do we need to grow in faith? Hebrews 11:6 says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Who likes rewards? Me. What's the reward that he's talking about here in right of Hebrews? I believe the rewards are the harvest of souls, our friends, our families, our neighbours, our work colleagues coming to salvation. And we need faith to make that happen. Okay. So the second thing that I think uh, we need to learn from this story is that we have authority beyond measure. We have the authority. So going back to the story, Mark 5, 41 says, he took her by the hand, Jesus took her by the hand and said, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. That was it. Two words. Where was the long prayer with the fancy words? Where was the pleading? Where was the doubt that we sometimes have? You see, Jesus had faith and he, because he knew the authority that he had been given by God. And then he acted on it and the miracle happened. And my, my question for you is, why do we not follow the same pattern? I know it's hard. I get it's hard. We have memories of when we've prayed and it, and it hasn't quite worked out as we'd hoped. But we need to persevere. We need to, Jesus is desperate for us to live out our lives filled with the Holy Spirit and convicted and convinced of the authority that we have in him. What authority do we have? Well, Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given authority, all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus has given us the same authority that he has. So we need to live with the confidence of that authority. Even little kids know the authority they've been given, which brings me on to this, the foam squares. It's a not very good picture, I'm sorry. Hopefully you can make it out. 
So at Shining Stars, which is our uh, one of our toddler groups that we run at Ashington Church, I'm there every week helping to set up for half an hour before it starts. And um, I remember a few weeks ago that I was told off by two four-year-olds, uh, Rafferty Sheldon and Callie White. Um, they had been given instructions from their parents to lay out those phone squares uh, in the right order. And me being silly Nick, decided to go up and play and mess it up and you know, throw them around and play games with them, at thinking they would really enjoy you know, the banter. I was wrong. I got told off. I got told, you can't do that, silly Nick. We've been told to put the phone squares out, give them back to me. I was like, wow, okay. They know the authority they have, even to someone who is, you know, 37 years older than them. They knew the authority they had and they weren't afraid to act it, to act on it. You see, authority in Jesus doesn't come with age or wealth or status. It comes through faith, like we just learned about. So let's live like we all have authority, just like Jesus did. And who knows what we'll see. So the last thing that I think we can learn from this story is rising up means being active. It's not a passive thing. Um, and I, I'd originally named this talk. I can't find it now. I'd originally named this talk. We all need to be wide awake, full of faith and intentionally active to realize God's goodness in every part of our lives and in the lives of those around us. But I thought maybe that's a bit of a mouthful. So I renamed it. Wake up and get on with it. Come on, church. Rise up. Get on with it. That's the name of this talk. And that's what I want to leave you with um, at the end of this is that you are encouraged to rise up and get on with uh, living full of faith and knowing the authority that we carry. Anyway, going back to rising up means being active. James 2 says this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith? but you don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and let the overflow be the deeds and the works of healing, preaching, serving, and loving. All of those are active verbs. Yes, there's a time and there's, there's definitely time for being a quiet uh, and silence and solitude. It's really, really good. But even those things need to be active. We need to be asking questions of God. What are you saying to me in this moment? It's not just a sitting uh, and being passive. Um, has anyone been to the Everyman Cinema recently? I went in the summer and um, it was amazing. But I went and sat down and in a couch, not dissimilar to the one behind me, Simpsons couch. It was really comfy, but everything was done for me. I was a passive spectator. I was entertained from the front. I was comfy with what I was sitting on. I had cushions and I was... Um, someone came to me and even gave me waiter service. They gave me food and drink as I sat there. I didn't have to lift a finger except to pay. Um, but that was it. And uh, that's what sometimes we can think Christianity and, and following Jesus is like. I'm just going to sit here and wait for stuff to happen. I'm going to be preached at and I'll just, yeah, that's fine. Someone else can go out onto the streets and preach a gospel. No, it's for all of us to be active. Jesus modelled being active throughout the whole Gospels. And the story, in this story, the actions are here. Mark 5, 23, uh, going back to the beginning, Jairus says he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So what does Jesus do? He went with him. He was active. He took the journey. Then when Jesus was there in front of the daughter, he decided to get rid of the noise that wasn't helpful. All of the people who didn't believe what he was saying. 
all of the people who laughed and ridiculed at him, he said, no, I'm being active here. You need to leave. You don't have the faith. You don't know what authority I carry. You need to leave. Peter, James, John, Jairus and Jairus's wife, who doesn't get a name check, I don't think, come in with me. Then he took her by the hand, another action. And then he said, little girl, I say to you, get up. He was intentionally active, even in the face of ridicule and doubt. People who are spiritually asleep can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and do nothing about it. But what's the point of that? What was the best Christmas present that you received? And this is where we come back to the cheesy jokes. There we go. This is a present that I got, an unexpected present from a friend in the church. And um, they obviously know me very well because uh, I, my life is full of cheesy jokes. But if I don't open it and read them, then it's useless. It's just going to be a box that sits around my house being useless. And if I don't open it and use it, then it's a useless gift. Luckily for you, I did open them and I have read them and I've got one to share with you. So here we go. A guy drove past me in his car and threw a lump of cheese at me. I thought to myself, that's real mature. I'm sure if I could see you all now, you'd all be laughing, um, but I can't. We have this free gift of the Holy Spirit. We have been given the authority, but it's useless if it just sits here doing nothing. We become spiritually fat if we just receive, receive, receive all the time. Jesus models to us, be active, rise up, know the authority, cure illnesses and sicknesses, raise the dead, do all that, preach the gospel. That's it. Isaiah 60 says this, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you nations will come to your light and kings will come to the brightness of your dawn in the darkness of the world church let's be a city on a hill and demonstrate god's goodness to everyone around us we need to be full of faith we need to know the authority that we carry and we need to be active in our pursuit of god and what does that look like i think it looks like this we need to preach the gospel unashamedly, regularly preach the gospel. We need to heal the sick. It's interesting how Jesus doesn't say pray for the sick. He says heal the sick. We need to love our neighbor, people that we literally live next door to and just people in our lives. We need to pray without ceasing. That means never giving up. Let our lives be a prayer and seek earnestly the heart and the ways of the Lord. So guys, Church, wake up. Let's get on with it. Let's make 2022 a year where we are actively pursuing God and all of his goodness. And let's see life spring up in ourselves and in the church around us and in the nation. Let's go for it. Amen. Amen. So oh, my good. gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Praise God. That was awesome. Yes, come on. Full of faith, authority, active. Boom. Let's do it. So good, Nick.